Coming to you from Beaumont, this is your house call. My name is Jay Amin. I'm 19 years old. I just graduated a couple of years ago. Beginning of middle school, I couldn't find any terminology as to how I was feeling about my gender identity. Obviously, that wasn't the word I was thinking of back then, but I knew that something set me different from every other kid that was around me. I was kind of just stringing it along, trying to figure out who I am. Hi, I'm Tijender Gill. I'm a very proud mom of a wonderful 19-year-old son. I heard the word transgender for the first time in my life from my child. And I said, what is that? That was my first reaction. Taking an action step to change my life uh, started in high school. Um, I had to reach out to, you know, a number of therapists, a, a number of friends, you know, asking them. Building a support system wasn't easy. You know, obviously judgment was just there. This is not like somebody brainwashing my child. My child is going through stuff and now I want to get on board and learn. Going through a couple of different therapists, we got to a gender specialist who actually educated us. It was a two-hour appointment, and we walked out of his office after four and a half hours. And the one action step that I took coming out of his office was I was going to change the pronouns to he. This one action item actually reduced Jay's anger level almost by 30% right away. We um, started going together and started learning stuff, parent support group, all that. And, um, you know, that, that, was, that was really, I mean, I was just moving forward every day. After a difficult few months of um, trying to understand and getting to know, you know, this new side of me and figuring out this is who I truly am, uh, fitting my own box, creating my own image, um, that's how I really came about it. So it's a little bit about my story. That's pretty much how we got started, and it was like four and a half years ago. Today, we are at a very, very nice place. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to the Beaumont House Call Podcast. I'm Dr. Asha Shahjahan. Our goal is to help you and your family live smarter and healthier lives. Oftentimes, our LGBTQ community have unique medical questions, and we don't really know how to start the conversation. Many struggle with depression, face misplaced judgment by family and friends. In today's podcast, we're going to explore all of this and more. Joining us today is Ms. Tajinder Gill, a certified life mastery consultant, business and professional coach, and also an engineer, and her son, Jay Amin, a certified empowerment coach. And later on in today's podcast, we'll be talking to Dr. Maureen Kelly, Jay's pediatrician, and she'll be talking to us about her experience with Miss Gill and Jay. But first, we'll talk to Jay and his mom. Thank you guys both so much for being here today. Thank you. So we first met, right, at the diversity conference about two years ago. And I believe at that time, like you guys were giving your story and I was just in the audience and I was just floored by the honesty and the depth of the information you were giving. And I remember standing up with a standing ovation, like these guys are awesome. And I'm so excited that you guys are here today because you both have been through very difficult, but yet magnificent journeys, both together and individually. Miss Gill, you noticed some unique 
characteristics about Jay at a young age. Can you speak about that, like from a parent perspective, like what was going on in your head? At a young age, um, you know, I remember, um, I do not remember a time when this child ever picked anything that was so-called a girl toy, you know, mm-hmm. that that we label as girl and boy. Like, as what, a, like what age, even as like? Oh, even even at like two years old, wow. okay. you know. I mean, I've got pictures where I have put a, a, a girl outfit on Jay. That's when he couldn't pick. Like I picked right. and put it on, right? But even at like two, two and a half, you know, um, there was hand-down clothes and stuff from the older brother at home. So it was convenient, yeah. you know. And the toys, all the girl toys that we had were because we wanted to buy them. Right. So it started very, very early. Okay. And then it was more like tomboy. It's a tomboy girl. That's who, what you thought. You were that's like, oh, what everyone pe- goes through this stage. Exactly. And, yeah. you know. Jay, did you really know what was going on? Or how, when did you start feeling or noticing that things were different? I vividly remember I attended a private school in preschool um, right down the street from my house. I actually recently tore it down. Um I remember we had uniforms there, right? Everyone was wearing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, In the morning, my mom and dad, they'd put white shirt, blue pants, shoes, go to school. And I'd come home, and literally I vividly remember being about four, four or five years old. um, Maybe even less. Maybe even less, changing right into my brother's clothes. I had one older brother. I've got one older brother. Um, All his hand-me-downs came to me. Uh, Whatever wasn't was bought. For a female, so um, I would quickly go. I'd, that's the first thing I remember doing is changing right into a pair of sweatpants and you know a boy's you were t-shirt. More comfortable in male. I clubs. was comfortable. Even the uniform, the girls' uniform, that feminine feature to it. Anything feminine, I was so neglected towards. Too, I, I didn't want any part of it. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like I was choosing teams. You know, like I need. I need to be a part of the right thing here. I need to feel correct. Like I need, I need to feel okay. And wearing boys' clothes, hanging out with boys, um, just more masculine energy was the thing that allowed me to figure out that I was different. It wasn't just a, a feeling or a phase anymore. You know, you felt more comfortable, and you felt like you fit in more um, with with males. But did you feel like the people around you looked at you funny for that? Growing up, yes, in middle school is when it started. Um, in middle school, you know, it was more, it was more, I didn't fit with the things that were going on in everyone else's life. Um, you know, I had people that started dating in middle school, um, people that, you know, would pick friends, and, you know, there's a lot of kids' drama and stuff like that yeah, in middle course. school. So, um, people are choosing friends, and when they were choosing friends, I noticed they weren't choosing me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew why. It subconsciously, as a kid, you know why. You know, I feel like I feel like it was more. I don't want to deal with the things that this kid is going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't want to be by his side. I don't want to get laughed at with him. You know what I mean? Um, and that must have been feeling really isolating. Yeah. It was a bad feeling. Yeah. Uh, I knew that I had to be alone for a little while um, to figure out what I what I really truly needed. Um, so, yeah, that, that was just a little bit about 
the feeling of isolation in middle school, that was most important. That was a key factor to yeah. who I am today because I wouldn't I wouldn't have real friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't have people that actually genuinely support me. Or who you felt comfortable confiding in. Exactly. So the process of transitioning for both of you. So you said there's a lot of checks and balances that have to happen before an actual transition process can occur. What's right. like for so someone who's not experienced that? I'm like, okay, what does transition mean? You know, like so that means you were born a female and now you're transitioning to your to being a male, or you know, if you're a male, you're transitioning to be a female. Am I correct? Yeah. It's not always. Transgender does not mean they have to transition to the other body, mm-hmm. um, like a boy to a girl or girl to a boy. Transgender is an umbrella. Okay. There's a lot of people who feel certain way. Their mannerism may be that way. They may choose not to go through any medical transition. Okay. And they that's may, okay. Yeah, right. and that's okay. You know, that's why everybody's journey is different. Sure. I support transitioning at a yes. younger age. Um I feel like it would have benefited me more. Uh, I still transitioned at a very young age. Uh, don't get me wrong, I was 16. Uh-huh. And that's about the age, you know, puberty starts and people are growing up anyways. It right. was a very smooth transition for me. I'm very blessed for that. Um, a lot of people don't get that advantage. Um, they don't get the chance. The chance wasn't given to them. Uh, they have other things that are going on that are, you know, not allowing them to start a transition, but I feel that you can take it a slower process. Um, you don't have to dive right into anything medically, and also you don't have to medically transition all the time. I have seen parents who have held up the transitioning process for their child just because they're not ready. And sometimes they can sit on it for a long time, which actually just you know, makes things worse. Yeah, so, well, I would imagine there'd be a lot of family conflict. Like, what right, if one right. family member's on board, the other's not? That's a very, very good, very important point. Yeah. Um, because me being a single parent, although, um, you know, we were both, like, Jay's father was in the picture, too, and he supported at a different level, I supported at a different level. Yeah. But absolutely, in families, that is always a big issue. There's always family dynamics for anything. Right. But right. Like something such as, you know, either having a procedure done or, you know, questioning your full identity is huge. Yeah. Right. And I also wonder from like a parental perspective, you know, when Jay came to you, I mean, was it a gradual process for you to to get on board? I mean, it, it sounds like everything was pretty smooth, but I don't imagine it to really be that way. No. Like, no. You no. know, nothing was yeah. perfect yeah. about this. Actually, I do remember telling Jay, you know what? No. First of all, like I said, yeah. you know what? Somebody is brainwashing. There's an external force that's kind of like pushing my child. Most parents way. do that when things are out of the so-called quote-unquote yeah. norm. And I can tell you that I also thought that, you know, Jay thinks that maybe being a male is more powerful. Uh-huh. Okay. Because we had gone through some family drama. <laughs> yeah. And I thought maybe that's what is in his head to be a male because he thinks that he's, he's going to be more stronger. And so a lot of these type of concerns went through my head. But I told him, and we were just talking about it on our way over here, and said, you know what, um, give me about four months, 
And I'm like, what am I going to do in four months? I'm going to do my research. I'm going to pray. <laughs> okay. Whether, you know, this is this whole thing, way of thinking should go away. Yeah. Uh, I need to seek prayers, you know, or, or guidance. Yeah. A lot and, of parents would probably do yeah. that or say, yeah. you know, let's wait it out. Maybe yeah. you'll change your mind. But and, definitely it took me, um, I would say a couple of months, a couple of months okay. to really get to a gender specialist. Okay. Two to three months. And then when you guys first started off, was it with your pediatrician? Or who helped you the most, you think, from a physician standpoint in this process? My pediatrician played a big, big role. Um, I feel she encouraged me to talk about it with my parents. And one of the main key factors that was most important was my mom allowing her to speak to me alone um, in private and having trust with my pediatrician that, you know, she is out to help. She's not going to harm this child in any way or make my life difficult or anything like that. You know, and that is a very important point for parents out there because you want to co-create things and co-solve things with the pediatrician. Right. You know, it's your child. Yeah, he's a minor. I could say, I don't want you to talk to my child alone. You know, I could be controlling. I wasn't one of those controlling parents. And I'm very grateful for that because that allowed us to get help. That allowed that pediatrician to actually work with my child. Yeah, that's a great point. And took the time. You know, that doctor, that's, that's, that's a key thing, too, where the doctor took the time. You know, she says some people are just you know, blow dry and some people are just haircut or yeah. something yeah, some like that. Some people are blow dry, some people <laughs> Where, are You know, some kids need more time. Yeah. You know, I'm not just going to do this quickly and move on to the next. So this is a great time to break away and talk to Dr. Maureen Kelly, Jay's pediatrician. So Dr. Kelly, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. For our listeners, there's a lot of confusion around the term LGBTQ. And particularly in this podcast, we're talking about transgender. Like, What does it actually mean to be transgender? What's the standard definition? The standard definition is when an individual identifies with a gender that is different than the one they were assigned at birth. Okay. So you're a girl at birth, but you feel that you're a boy or you start, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Sure. If you were a born female at birth and you identify as being male, you would be considered a transgender male versus if you are a transgender female, but would be someone who's born male with male genitalia at birth and internally feels they identify as a female. And how common uh, is this? Do you feel like in the conferences that you're going to that are pediatric that this is um, becoming more common? Probably not becoming more common. It's probably just becoming, there's more awareness. Mm -hmm. In my practice, I'm up to six transgender patients, which I think compared to most practices is more only because there's a big network in the LGBTQ community and through different support groups, uh, resources are given to individuals. And, you know, me being a pediatrician that has some experience with it, I get more referrals uh, from that community. So let's talk about one of your patients, Jay. Um, So it seems like Jay was able to really confide in you. And you were basically a hero for him. Can you talk about how did that process happen? Did he approach you? Did you identify it in him? How did it how did that play out? 
When I first met Jay, I was initially struck by his presentation being more stereotypically male in terms of how he dressed, in his voice, in his mannerisms, his grooming. And how old was he when you saw him? At this time, I think he was about 13. When I talk to adolescents, I try to cover the gamut in terms of how they're doing in terms of school. Uh, We also hit some hard subjects like anxiety, depression, um, drugs, um, sexuality, um, sexual activity. And, um, you know, I try to also talk to them alone. And when I was talking to Jay, I sensed that he wasn't really happy between his ears. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I asked his mom if I could have some time with him, and she was great and said yes. And, you know, I really just told him, you know, how he impressed me in terms of um, appearing to have a lot of masculine features uh, in his actions and and in his looks. And I asked him if he had any questions or if he knew what his sexuality was or, or what gender he identified with. And And then in talking with him further, I sensed that a big weight had been lifted off his shoulders Mm -hmm. and he was just able to, you know, talk about it. I then uh, talked to him about bringing his mom into the equation and letting her know, and he wasn't ready for that initially. Okay. So I talked to him about having some anxiety and depression regarding this. His grades were dropping. He was getting involved in some behaviors that were concerning. And so uh, his mom was willing to have him see a counselor. So we started there with a definite follow-up visit, you know, to be scheduled so that we could look into this further and see at what time he was comfortable, you know, talking about it more and maybe including his family. So Jay's mom is just fantastic. Like she's been so supportive of Jay. What was it like working with her? She's really an amazing individual, and she personifies what it means to have unconditional love for a child. I have not really experienced any mom like her in my practice. When Jay was willing to have both of us sit down with her and discuss the topic of gender dysphoria and, and where he was coming from, she just jumped right in. She really didn't know anything about the subject. She didn't really, I think, understand even that it existed. But her first response is, what can I do? How can I help? And she just dove in with both feet. She read as much as she could. She went to support groups. She did everything she could possibly do to help her child. Yeah, she's made such a huge difference in Jay's life, but now she's making such a a huge difference in so many people's lives. Can you kind of go through the steps of which doctors should be seen? Do you have them always see a therapist and a counselor? When do you have them see a psychiatrist if that's necessary? And do they see an endocrinologist or a transgender specialist? Uh, Like those kinds of things, like what are the steps of... Or are there, you know, defined steps of you do this first and then this and then that? You really need a good therapist, not only for the the patient, but there are a lot of kids who whose parents are having difficulty with this or may not get on the same page with the child. So you need really mental health people to 
get that lined up in place and, and have the conversations. Um, and then as time goes on, yeah, you're going to have to, it's really getting into chronology involved, getting um, social work involved in many cases. And then the primary care physician's role is to kind of coordinate this care. How do you know that a child is ready to transition? Or there's this argument that like they're too young to even know who they are, or like teens are so confused. Being a teenager is just a confusing time in general. So it's like how a lot of argument comes back is like, how do you as a pediatrician know that this child is ready to transition? Well, um, I think you have to let the child lead you in a sense and lead their families, um, especially when they're younger, to allow them to experience who they feel they are and the way they want to do so. And then as time goes on, what studies show is if as they hit that prepubertal age, if this feeling intensifies, especially as they hit puberty, that the likelihood that they're going to uh, not want to move forward is very small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was suicide. Like suicide is a real issue in this population. Uh, have you ever seen um, any of your own patients or dealt with people who are having trouble with the bullying? Um, and maybe let's say they've come to you and they've decided they want to transition, but it's not going so smoothly. Like maybe the school system is not so supportive, um, family's not so supportive. Yes, um, there's there's uh, an extremely high amount of suicide in, in general, the LGBTQ community. It's uh, more than 50% compared to other youth. And then within that, the transgender youth have a 13% more wow. um, increased risk of suicide. And almost every adolescent transgender youth I've spoken to have had thoughts of suicide or have done some self-harm. And so it, it's really important that that's addressed because there's a tremendous amount of bullying. Not everybody comes from a supportive, unconditional love situation that Jay had with his mom. And uh, a lot of these kids end up homeless. A lot of the bullying is severe where then they drop out of school, so then they don't have access to an education and uh, then they're at risk for selling themselves sexually on the street and prostitution and getting diseases. And so it's really important how healthcare professionals treat transgender individuals because they're hesitant to, um, you know, really utilize uh, medical services because of the fear of how they're going to be treated. Yeah. And also, I think um, there was a couple studies that reported that not only is there a fear of how you're treated, but also the fear that your provider is not knowledgeable, like not knowledgeable enough about your condition. So how can we better educate physicians um, when it comes to helping transgender patients? You know, I think the training has to start in medical school and with residents and even in talking to some of the residents at Beaumont that come from cultures where being anything within the LGBTQ community in their country is unlawful. And that is sometimes hard for them to accept as they're, 
you know, listening to even some of our talks. And I've actually spoken to a couple residents regarding this. And my point to them is that as a provider, it's not about you or your culture or your beliefs. It's your job is to make sure that your patient is happy between their ears and that you are not trying to fix something that's not broken. Yeah. And it's okay if you, as a human being, can't do that, but then you need to make sure you find someone who can. Right. It's our job to take care of our patients, you know, regardless of what the situation may be. Um, the so other- what are some questions you can ask a provider to see if they're the right fit for you in terms of um, transgender care? I would directly ask the provider if their experience with treating individuals with gender dysphoria and if they have resources available to treat their child and to coordinate care with gender specialists, mental health providers, schools, and any issues that may arise to help make sure that this child is supported and can transition under their care with, you know, their support. Yeah, it sounds like collaboration is the key. So any last uh, advice that you have for our listeners today? I think it's just acceptance, compassion, and for providers to take time with their patients. You know, we're in an era where providers are graded by how quickly they close their medical records and and how um, quickly they get a patient in and out of their office. And it really should be the opposite because if you don't take time, these individuals will be missed. And because of the high suicide rate, it's, it's a really, really important thing to take time with these individuals because you could save a life. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Kelly. Thanks for having me. Both of you, you know, you're from from India, correct? Yes. How do you think culture played a role in in your um, support of your son? Actually, you know what? I can tell you that I have, I carry a lot of Indian values mm-hmm. and I carry my, I'm very proud of my culture and where I came come from. I come from a state of Punjab mm-hmm. and... Um, really yummy food, by the way. Just <laughs> <laughs> but... At the same time, I don't agree with everything one culture has to offer. Yeah. Okay. I'm in this country. I'm very blessed to be here. And I grew up in Africa. So I am very, you know, open-minded that way, but grew up very conservative. Okay. Okay. So when Jay came out, it wasn't, the first thing in my mind wasn't about the culture. Yeah. It wasn't about the family. It wasn't about being Indian or nothing. It was about my child. It was about the health, the mental health of this child. You know, I wanted my child happy. I wanted to help fix this problem that was in front of us. Like in the problem of confusion, what is it going on? What do we need to do, you know? So after I got a little bit around it, then I started to tell our close family and friends one at a time. Yeah. I wasn't worried about the religious places. I wasn't worried about my extended family. Nothing. My my father lives with us, and he's about eighty years old. Yeah. I had to educate him on the side. Yeah, that I want to hear and about. You know, That's your grandfather. Me, right? yeah. He's Team J. He's it, Team he's J team all J. the way. That's awesome. And to he's me, always been. To that me, awesome. as a parent, it is only about how you paint the picture about your child. 
if i had gone to somebody and says oh my gosh you know now what do i do my child has come out transgender oh my god you know what yeah. okay look at that versus my child came out as transgender i'm learning this is what it takes i want to send you a video or two to educate you that's awesome and you know that. what ask me more questions because so that's how i painted the picture because i wanted to move forward and support my child it's how you paint the picture I it's love how that. you paint the picture absolutely um, can we talk just a little bit about the actual um, transition process? So a little bit about the hormones. Uh, it's a weekly process. Um, you have to do it your whole life. It's it's okay. It's something I've come to terms with. Yeah. Um, was that scary for you when it you was. first had to start that? It was. Um, I was always really afraid of injections. Yeah. Um, so I, I was always really afraid of anything medical. I didn't like the doctor or anything like that. But... But it's the outcome of it. It's the outcome you're... of it. It's how she explained it to me. Um, it's how comfortable she made me feel, how masculine she made me feel, mm -hmm. um, how normal she made me feel, per se. Because yeah. um, when speaking about normal, you know, I'm talking everyone else and what they're thinking. Society's norm. Um, so, you know, with hormones, all that happens is your testosterone goes up. Uh, there's a lot of, like, mythology and negative review about the uh, hormone treatment um, while transitioning. But, you know, I didn't have any side effects. Uh, blessed that I didn't have any side effects. There are side effects that, you know, I've seen a lot of people go through, um, even, you know, side effects from surgery. But these are things that happen in every medical right. standpoint. Anytime you take a medication, there could be a side effect. Anytime exactly. you have a surgical procedure, there could be a, a side effect. But when you were going through that, let's say taking the testosterone and noticing that your voice was getting deeper, right. how did that feel for you? Very cool. Very, right? very cool. Um, I had to record a couple of months. Were you like, this is me? This, this is, is me. Yeah. These are small things that kind of make you who you are as whole when yeah. when you're in my position if you're identifying with transgender uh when you finally get to that transitional period and you're you're feeling one with your body um it's kind of like when you get in the gym and you know you're finally getting results like this feels great right so yeah you know what actually i had seen the effect of him being on the testosterone yeah. And what and did you see? Did you see like a new child altogether? Yes, like I saw every day or every so often because I saw him every day. We were living together is I saw the progression of like just blossoming into more happier person. Yeah. You know, and of course, I wasn't just buying the testosterone off the street. Right. It was exactly. through a doctor. Yeah. And. And so to me, I wasn't questioning too much. At the same time, I was educating myself. I wasn't blindly going through it. But I could see that my child is happier. You know, there's a more, um, you know, light in this child, you know. Right. Um, and of course, looking at other people's stories and uh, support group and all that helped me too. It sounds like, did you go through therapy yourself? Like, uh... No, I didn't go through therapy myself. Uh-huh. Mainly because I wasn't hitting myself like, oh, my gosh. I wasn't going into depression like what has happened. Yeah. I was evolving with what was going on. But did you guys do family therapy about the process? She joined me a lot I of times. Me, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, with, the, with his gender specialist. Yes. I was, in, I was totally in touch with him. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like you were pretty well supported, you know, by mom. And then you said, you know, Team J with grandpa. Yeah. But um, who else supported you? And then also, like, who who do you didn't really support you? Were there right. friends in school? And of course. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is where support versus tolerance comes into play. Um, 
because l- anyone can tolerate. Mm-hmm. Anyone has the power to tolerate. Anyone has the power to sit there and say, yes, I accept you. No, I don't judge you. No, I don't, you know, I don't care. Right. I've heard that plenty business. of times. Yeah. I don't care. That's you do not my what business. You, need to do. you do you. Yeah. I'm not judging you. Right. That's tolerance. When you're an important person in my life, I've had a lot of significant people that I was seeing and talking to every day mm-hmm. that distanced themselves away from me when I started transitioning because they were afraid of what I was going to go through. They didn't want to be seen with it. But you know, I'm going to take my dad, for example, just because he's a person that, that did tolerate. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in a lot of aspects, he did support. And okay. But when it came down to transitioning... He was fearful of what his side of the family might have thought. Um, he kept those things from him, from them. Uh, he didn't think that it would be as important to say. He so it was didn't. like a family secret. It was like a family secret. Okay. <laughs> and I had to detach myself, you know, away from those people and away from that, because that in itself could be traumatizing to my transition that I was also carefully containing and, you know, yeah. trying to maintain for myself so that, you know, I, I grow up to be what I want to be. Um and then it's so important that you have that insight. You know, yeah. many of us care so much about fitting into society, and people will repl- repress who they are. That's like people are afraid to come out sometimes. Uh, people are afraid to say um, their sexual orientation. I've known so many people that have you know gotten married, um, and that's not the that's not what they wanted. But because of society, that's what they do. Um, so it's so valuable that at such a young age you were able to understand that and have that insight, and then also to be able to kind of understand that okay, yeah, my dad, he does he's not stopping me, but he's not a hundred percent. You know, he's not all with in. me like I thought he would be, and. Um, I had to not expect as much from everyone else as I was expecting from myself. Thank you so much for saying yeah, that, yeah. Um, that I was strong enough to do that. I feel like it was the support that I was getting and focusing more on the support that you are getting rather than focusing on who isn't supporting you right. and benefiting you um, is most important, in, especially in a transition like this, because there's many different transitions that we all go through in life, but... Um, transitioning my gender was really important. It was really important for me to have seriously supportive people around me. Um, right. And I was noticing weed out friends really easy. I weed out friends <laughs> like that, but family members. Um, it was a little bit more difficult to adjust yeah. to you know my my father not being there and not supporting me. You know, eventually just kind of distancing himself away from the whole subject in a whole. So yeah. It's like um, that that whole concept of like if you're not really taking time to understand the situation at hand, a lot of times people fear it and they just kind of it's a natural response to kind of distance. And so I think that's a good lesson for our listeners that if you're trying to support someone through a transition process as a friend, a family member, whoever, you know, really think about are you practicing tolerance or are you practicing support? I think I love the way that you said that. Thanks so much. You know, if I can say one thing, uh, Jay has an older brother. As soon as we found out that, okay, this is what's going on with Jay. Yeah. You know, it didn't take him much time to get his head around it. And he's fully supportive. Yeah, I was, like, was going to ask that. What was your brother? Like, all of a sudden, he's like, I've got a, I've got a younger brother now. Yeah, like, I've got a younger brother now. Um, yeah. So he, he started off, like, being my biggest bully growing up. Yeah. Um, okay. And he, he, was, he was confused, just like I was. Um, no, I give him credit every day for 
having my back. I don't think he'll ever let anyone disrespect me or talk down about me. Um, he used to get angry that other people would say things to him, you know, about me, and that's expected. Yeah. Did he get bullied about you? I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, um, it's like a lot of times we forget that bullying doesn't only happen to the person, but right. to the family members too. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure he's had his share in rough times uh, as far as people coming up to him. And, you know, we live in a very bubble area. Mm-hmm. Our high school, or you know, our high school community, our friends, they're very, we all know each other. Um, it's a small community. Yeah, Bloomfield yeah. Hills. It's all, yeah. we're every, everyone's there. So, um, when I did end up transitioning, uh, when I did come out to him, it was, it was kind of in a fight. Like, it was kind of in an oh. angry setting. I was like, yeah, well, like, you know, he had to really take, you know, I think it took him a month or two. But when he did learn, I think he had people in his life. I think he had a girlfriend at the time that was telling him more education, more information, saying, well, yeah, you need to be nicer. Like, you need this exists. Like, you could play a big role. Um and I think he started assuming that role quickly. Yeah. Um, and so I give him a lot of credit for that because it's not easy to be, you know, it's not easy to go through something when you feel like, I don't have anything to do with this. Why is it happening to me? Right. Um, so, See, yeah. Transitioning is not only for the person. It's for everyone it's around It's for him. every person That's touched him. by that yes. person. Yes. So I had to go through my transitioning or going through, Yeah. you know, Older brother had to go through. So everybody had to go through transition. Go through something. And in, in terms of like the LGBTQ community, and I know you're talking more from the transgender perspective, but we know like as a medical provider, I know that suicide is a real risk with this population. Yeah. You know, many people start feeling suicidal because of the relentless bullying and the family rejection, which you spoke a little bit about. Right. Um, you know, preventing suicide and enhancing resilience is like one of the critical steps, I think, from a healthcare perspective, at least my role as a doctor and what we're trying to teach the medical community. I think, you know, we talked a little bit and you had mentioned that um, there was a point where you told your mother, I don't feel like living. Yeah. You know, um, what was that like? And what would you say to others who are going through severe depression? The phrase, I don't feel like living, that was something I woke up with every day. Oh, wow. Um that was something I, I struggled with every single day and I, not necessarily suicide for me, um, but just not seeing purpose. Everyone else was figuring out what I want to, where do I want to go to school? You know, I want to join this club and join that. And I'm like, I don't see a purpose in anything. Wow. Yeah. Um, this body is uncomfortable to be in. I literally don't want to do it. Yeah. It it was difficult. It was, it was scary. I think even for my mom, it was even more scary because we, you know, she's like, what? What's going on? In some of the research, it does show that parental acceptance has um, significantly reduced suicides. Oh, yeah. And suicide attempts. And so I think that you're lucky in that sense that you had your mother to support you. Um, And then just having that acceptance factor. I think many parents who are out there struggling with, I don't know what's going on with my child. And the more resistance is leading to more depression. And so just having that parental acceptance can can save your child's life. Yes. Parental acceptance is the first thing this child is looking at the parents because child is born. And then ever since they are a baby, they're just looking at the parents say, yes, no. Oh, good job, whatever. And that's where the journey starts, you know. My mom did save my life. I, I'm going to say that off bat. She did save my life. Um, my support system did save my life. I would not be here today without them and without it happening as soon as it did. I think, you know, if I did go along 
tolerating this, then I would have, you know, transitioned when I got older. And I don't think I would have followed through. Like, yeah. I, I just don't. I don't think it. he would have gone gotten through high school even. No, wow. I, don't, I don't know. I wouldn't have graduated. I wasn't going to school. I wasn't seeing any purpose. I didn't want to care about my grades. Um, nothing. So. But now you it's have graduated. Crazy. Yeah, it's right? crazy. What What are you, you guys know? doing now? Like a, you're like an activist. You're a certified empowerment coach. I think you both are writing books. Yeah. Is yes. that right? Yes. None of this would have happened if I couldn't be one with myself um, and be who I truly am. I think even if the medical transition didn't happen, mm -hmm. you know, I'm blessed that it has. Yeah. <laughs> But I think if it didn't, a social transition can be as much as, you know, that. The way people treat you have nothing to do with, you know, what you see in the mirror. Yeah. If, if you have the right support, you do anything. And again, it is different for every person. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That. I believe, like, you both live so fearlessly, and Thanks you are so such much. great examples. I mean, I could talk to you guys forever. Like, I could I could just do this. Thanks I just so love much. learning from both of you, and you guys are such uh, great heroes to so many people. Um, for our listeners, are there any resources or groups that really helped you um, that would be uh, helpful for them? Um, I think you mentioned that there was a Stand With Trans group. Yeah, or, yeah so I'm on board with Stand With Trans. I'm okay. a board member, mm -hmm. and that association has really helped me. They do a lot of work for trans youth and their friends, I mean their families, parents and families. Uh, so standwithtrans.org with, stand is, is a great resource. Okay. Um, I also support um, a group called Desi Rainbow Parents. Okay. It's out of New Jersey. It's actually for the South Asian um, community for LGBT and their families. So I, I support them too. And um, really, I'm open to anybody who wants to talk or get more information and do the support. Right now, I'm facilitating a support group right here at... Um, at Beaumont, mm -hmm. and uh, that's to stand with trans as well. That's how once a how month. often is that group? That's in? once a month, uh, second Wednesday of every month from 7 to 8.30 at, at Royal Oak. Beaumont Royal Oak. Yeah. And then, Jay, you've done even a couple of videos. Yeah. And I know that I've participated in a, a physician educational video for trying to uh, educate physicians a little bit more here at Beaumont. Um, are there any resources that you'd like to share with people for learning more about what it means to be transgender? Social media was one thing for me that really helped me and support groups to get into support groups early. Yeah, it's it's literally support. So you will meet people that go through exactly what you go through and will fit the box and will be able to help you navigate. Um, doing it alone is, is just draining. Yeah, exactly. There's so many resources out there. Well, we were pretty much out of time, but is there just one last thing that you'd want to share with our, our listeners? Yeah, I just want to say to the parents... You know, this is your child, okay? Your child needs your unconditional love and support. That's all that child needs. So educate yourself and support your child. Great. Jay? You choose the life you truly want to live. Um, something I learned in Dream Builder. Love that. Something I live by every day now. Uh, you choose. You make the choice. Well, thank you guys so much uh, to Jinder and Jay. Uh, for being so open and so honest. And um, really, you're just, you both are so inspiring. Um, Thank you so much. You know, my deepest love and gratitude to both of you. And I'm excited to see what the future holds. I expect an autographed copy of both of your books. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Um, and as you said, it just takes one story to make a difference. And I think your story has really helped um, many people yes. today. Yes. 
I appreciate it so much. Thank you. I also want to thank Dr. Kelly for being here today and sharing her medical expertise. Don't forget, podcast listeners, we're working on future Beaumont House Call podcasts. So some podcasts that you might be interested in that are related to this topic are the Bullying Podcast. We have a podcast coming up on anxiety and also depression and suicide awareness. We also want to remind you to send along any questions or suggestions to podcast at Beaumont.org. In the future, we'll be answering our mailbag. Till the next time, thanks for joining us on the Beaumont House Call. We leave you today with this healthy thought. We heard so much about what it's like to be a parent and a person going through transition. I think the biggest lesson I learned from Jay and Tajinder today is that as a person, you live, you feel, you love, you laugh, you're human. We just need to accept each other as we are. You know, we all just want to be accepted. There's a lot of misconceptions about what it means to be transgender. And I think uh, Jay and Tajinder did a really great job showing us what it's like to be on the other side. You know, from a misunderstood child to a concerned parent. It's so easy to pass judgment on things we don't understand. There are many people who are suffering in silence. And if you're one of them, just as Jay told us, he reached out to his doctor who was able to help him. And your doctor could also help you too. Tajinder and Jay have inspired me, and I'm sure they've inspired you as well. In any struggle in your life, it isn't necessarily about the story, but it's how the story is told. Continue your journey to living a smarter, healthier life. Visit Beaumont.org slash podcast to access information and resources related to today's podcast.